Welcome back. Today we have the New York Giants questions video. You guys asked, I think, 10 questions, and we'll answer those. We'll also touch on the Sean Robinson contract. The Giants signed the defensive tackle from the Rams for a one-year deal today. Love that move, by the way. It was kind of, you know, in the works for a while. It was a rumor about a month, month and a half ago. Finally happened today, so a good depth move by the Giants. Not even a depth move. He's probably going to play a lot, so I shouldn't even say that. But, yeah, good signing by the Giants there. We'll talk about it more in depth. No pun intended. But, anyway, hope you guys enjoy the video. Leave a like. Always helps out. And let's get into it. Let's start with A. Sean Robinson. He signed a reportedly one-year, $8 million deal. He missed some time last year. He tore his meniscus, which, of course, for a big guy, you don't like seeing knee injuries, but he did play the full 17 games the year prior in 2021. And, you know, he's missed some games in his past, but nothing crazy. He played eight games in 2020, but that was a weird year, so I kind of throw that one out the window, given the benefit of the doubt. He had some big years. In 2020, he, or 2021, had two sacks. He had 67 combined tackles. I mean, that's really good. He had two forced fumbles. And his second season back for the Lions in 2017, only had a half a sack, but he had 53 tackles. He had four tackles for a loss, six quarterback hits, one forced fumble. So he'll be a guy playing probably next to Dexter Lawrence and hopefully can make some you know, nice run-stopping plays and, you know, just not be a negative in terms of the run game. We saw last year in the playoffs, especially versus the Eagles, where the Giants' run defense got exploited. And I think if you had a guy like Ashawn Robinson there, I don't think it would have been as bad. Looking at his advanced numbers from last year, I mean, his production in terms of getting to the quarterback is not very good. Now, he only had one quarterback hurry last year, once again, only played in 10 games, but the year before that in 2021, he had four quarterback hurries. But overall, he's a good player. I remember watching a Sunday night game once, and Chris Collinsworth was just like gushing over him the entire time of like how great he was in the run game so you know hopefully he comes over here and he's healthy and puts up good numbers if you like pff grades last year he had a 64 overall grade a 68 run defense grade the pass rushing has never been that good he's graded the best he's ever graded for um pass rushing was a 65 back in 2018 and even that is like pretty good but in 2021, which was his last really good season, he had a 77 overall grade and a 78 run defense grade. So that's, you know, really good. So Ashawn Robinson, if he gets back to that 2021 version, this is going to be a great signing. If it's more like last year and he misses time and he's just not effective, then yeah. But still, it's a one-year deal. I like taking that shot. So I definitely love this signing. Let's get to the questions. So first question is going to be from Rick's, Rick's H, I don't know, Rick's E got banned. I wonder why he got banned. Anyway, do you think JSN drops between 15 and 20? And if so, would you trade up for him? So, of course, that's the Ohio State wide receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba. I mean, Joe Shane did make a comment about, like, they have the necessary assets to trade up if they wanted to. But I still can't see him getting past 15. Like, you did mention 15 to 20. I can't see JSN getting past the Titans, the Patriots, and the Packers. I just, I cannot see it. Like That's three teams right there that can definitely use his services. And, you know, never mind teams that might trade up in front of them to possibly get JSN. So it'd be nice, but I just don't think the Giants would do that. I mean, I guess it wouldn't be the most shocking thing, but I'm of the belief that I don't even know if they're getting a wide receiver in the first round. I, for some reason, think it's going to be a cornerback. We'll find out on Thursday night. Don't have to wait long, luckily. But I, for some reason, think it's going to be a cornerback. So we'll see exactly what happens there. But 
you know, we haven't heard any rumors about the Giants being in love with JSN, so I don't know. I mean, if they if there was a bunch of reports about it, then like maybe I'd start to buy into it, but I have not heard much of that. So anyway, I will go with probably not, but if he does somehow slip past the uh, 15 or 20, you know, you might start thinking about it. Next from Kurt Schwarber, Kyle Schwarber. I took Kyle Schwarber in fantasy, by the way, this year. It's been all right, but I'm hoping for a bit better. So let's do a little better there, Kyle. Anyway, Mike, love you to death, man, but I want to hear you defend your position of Daniel Jones at 19 in your quarterback rankings video in more detail. I know you get a lot of hate for putting him there. I know you're not a DJ hater, don't worry, but it'd be cool to hear you break down why he's behind Kirk Cousins, who beat who he beat in the playoffs, or Tua, who's been injury prone, unavailable, mediocre at best, with two of the most dominant NFL receivers. I, re I agree with most of your takes, but I still believe he's right around 15 as it stands, considering I don't think he's hit his ceiling yet. DJ is mediocre with the potential to be above average with better talent. So, I mean, first off, when you're getting into that 14 to 20 range in terms of quarterbacks and, and ranking them, it's kind of like splitting hairs in a way. Now, the reason I put a lot of those guys over him... Damn, Kawhi Leonard's out again. Jeez. Um, anyway, the reason I put those guys over Daniel Jones and those guys being Kirk Cousins and Tua and Kyler and whoever else was on that list, even Russell Wilson, is because they've done it for longer. You know, Daniel Jones had three or four amazing games last year, but a lot of it was game managing. You know, if you take out the Vikings and the Colts game, it's like, oh, all right, well, you know, it was a lot of, uh, a lot of Brian Dable in the scheme. So I do think longevity and being consistent that has a lot to do with it if jones does this for two years in a row then yeah he'll move up the rankings for sure um but here's why i'm skeptical about what happened last year and why i don't place him higher so number one jones was tied with matt ryan who was garbage last year for the lowest average depth of target in the nfl 6.5 air yards per attempt so you know, with that stat, it kind of shows you, hey, he's not asked to do much in terms of throwing the ball in the air. It's not going very far. I know the receivers aren't good, but that's just the stats. Um, it just shows that the guy was not asked to make difficult throws, and we'll go over that in a second. And yeah, people will say, well, Justin Herbert only had a 6.9 air yards per attempt, but you have to keep in mind that Austin Eckler, his running back, had 107 catches. I mean, Saquon had 57, so it's not really that close. Um, so yeah, uh, number two was his uh, PFF grades big time throws and the big time throws are defined as passes with excellent ball location and timing generally thrown down the field and into tighter windows daniel jones had seven big time throws in 2022 which is incredibly low for a starting quarterback um for reference davis mills had 21 so davis mills had three times more of big throws than daniel jones did and even guys like zach wilson mike white marcus mariota baker mayfield had more big-time throws than Daniel Jones last season. So I get it. It's a dumb PFF stat, but once again, it proves the difficulty of what this quarterback is doing. And based on the air yards, the big-time throws, they're not very high. So I can't sit here and crown this guy off one pretty good season once again. Um, another one, this is from the Brett Coleman video. The Giants led the NFL in bootlegs called last year, and Jones ranked 36th in average depth of target on bootleg throws which of course is worse than some backup quarterbacks, so you don't like seeing that. Most times on bootlegs, teams will push the ball down the field. Well, the Giants were not doing that. It was basically 
hit the wide open guy in the flat or Daniel Jones takes off and runs. And it definitely worked out last year. Um, I don't know why teams didn't figure it out, but it worked out a lot last year. Number four, I mean, I think the game-winning drive things kind of gets blown out of proportion. Um, He contributed 20 yards or more on only two of those five game-winning drives. It's a stat that lacks a lot of context, so I I know people love pointing to that, but still. Um, And number five, I appreciate what he did in the Vikings game for sure, but statistically speaking, that's one of the worst passing defenses to make the playoffs since I think 2020. I think the Seahawks may have had a worse passing defense, but yeah, even guys like Mac Jones and the awful Dak Prescott, Mike White, and Jared Goff, they tore up the Vikings defense too. So it's like, I, I like what he did in that playoff game. It was really exciting, but you know, I was ready to be like all in with Daniel Jones too. But then when I saw what happened in the Eagles game the next week, I was like, damn, like, it's not good. Like, he does not look like an NFL quarterback right now. And I've said before, I don't want to be too hard on him because the Eagles are amazing and the Giants did not have a good roster last year. But I don't know. Just Jones went from, like, so, so good in that Vikings game to so, so bad in the Eagles game where, for me, it kind of evens out in a way. So maybe that's unfair. I don't know. But, yeah, that's my kind of perception on Jones right now. I just want to see, like, more from him next year. I feel like so much of it was scheme-reliant. Saquon reliant like let's push the ball down the field more next year you have guys now you have Paris Campbell you have um Darren Waller so you have guys you brought back Slayton you brought back the receivers you wanted so let's push the ball downfield and see what Daniel Jones really is and if he you know ends up being a, a good quarterback next year and they actually push the ball down the field then yeah I'll think of him much higher but for now I mean I think a lot of last year was very scheme dependent and hopefully going forward he'll move away from that, and start to make more plays on his own. Next from Frank, I am so excited for the draft next Thursday, this Thursday now, April 27th, but it's going to feel weird seeing the Giants drafting 25th overall instead of being in the top 10 like the past few years. Excuse me. Um, So yeah, it's actually pretty cool. My birthday's April 28th, so a lot of times the draft will fall right on my birthday. And as the older I get, the more the less exciting birthdays get i'll be 27 this year which is like insane i'm getting old as shit but um at least we have the nfl draft so it's pretty cool to have that fall on my birthday but yeah um for what frank said it's weird i mean to not be in the top 10 i think the giants have been in the top 11 every year since the evan engram draft which i think was 2017 so engram was taken somewhere in the mid-20s and Ever since then, it's been like number two, number six, number four, number 11. Like they've been in the top 11 every single year. So to see this team back in a spot where they're not in the top 10 or even top 20 for that matter, um, it's pretty crazy. But that definitely means you've had some success the past year. So it's good and it's bad. Um, this is not the best draft in terms of talent. So if there was a year to you know win some games, the Giants picked the right one. So... They got that going for them. But yeah, it's, it's pretty weird seeing them at number uh, 25 this year. Next from Ray Sosa. Hey, Mike, what's up? What do you think is a sneaky position that needs to be addressed in the draft that everyone may be overlooking? As always, keep up the amazing work. Thank you. So for me, I've been saying this and I've seen some uh, responses in the comments that did not like when I said this, but I keep saying tight end and I know... The big headliner this offseason, uh, maybe aside from the Okereke and, of course, Daniel Jones contracts, was trading for Darren Waller. And Darren Waller, when he's healthy, healthy, he's very good. Top five tight end, probably. Top six at worst. So, I love Darren Waller, but the guy has not been healthy in two years. He will be 31 next year. 
And it's just hard to look at Darren Waller as a long-term plan. I think Waller probably has a couple more really good years left in him if he stays healthy. But that's a big if. And behind him is Daniel Bellinger, who, yeah, he exceeded expectations last year. But Bellinger didn't show us that he can be like a no-doubt tight end number one, like a a go-to guy at tight end. Like he's a really good tight end too. And so far, probably a low-end tight end one. So if I'm the Giants and I'm sitting there at 25, and I keep saying his name because I love this prospect, but if, if Michael Mayer is sitting there at 25 and the other guys that I want are off the board and let's say there's no good offer to trade back, if the Giants were to take Michael Mayer, the tight end out of Notre Dame, I'd be very excited. I think he's going to be a very good prospect. I think his floor is so high. Like, he's going to be a good player. So I, I'd be super excited with it. Hopefully, you know, the Giants do have a player they want at corner or wide receiver fall to them. But in the event that they have to take Michael Mayer specifically in the first round, I'm not going to hate it. So I think tight end for me is that sneaky position that I think some fans may be overlooking. Next from Pat Smith. I wonder if that's your real name. If that's your real name, you're lucky. That's so easy to pronounce. It's it's simple, short. Um, anyway, what position do you think Shane is eyeing the hardest in round one? I feel like we all want receivers and corners, but interior O-line is the only one we didn't really address in free agency. That is a good point. Um, my counter to that, though, is like which interior offensive linemen are worth going in the first round? I know you have Osiris Torrance, Osiris Torrance out of Florida, who like maybe is a late first, but probably like an early second, mid-second type guy from what I've heard. You know, you have guys that can play center. John Michael Schmitz always comes up. You have Tipman. I mean, you have some guys that can play center that maybe could be first-round picks. But, like, you know, even the guy who went to Baltimore last year, what the hell was his name? I forget his name now. But the center for the, the Ravens, like, he was supposed to be a really good center prospect. And he went, like, 24th, 25th last year. So I don't think teams really covet centers that high. So I I don't see it being offensive or interior offensive linemen in the uh, first round for the Giants. Now, I could see it in the second or third round, absolutely, but I just don't think there's a guy that's worth it. I don't think it really aligns, if that makes sense. So, I don't know. For me, I still get the vibe. It's corner. Um, You know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I think, like, Joey Porter, Deontay Banks, and maybe Emmanuel Forbes are pretty good options. I know Forbes has the weight issues. I'm concerned myself, but, like, Man, if you made Emmanuel Forbes 180 pounds, he's, there's really not any weaknesses to his game. So if the Giants don't take his weight concern seriously or his frame, then hey, that's a great pick. But, you know, they may think wide receiver is not the biggest need. And, you know, it's, it's funny to say that now, but you think of all the offseason moves they made. They really threw the kitchen sink at everything to, to make the wide receiving position better. And that includes adding Darren Waller, who's pretty much a, a big-ass wide receiver himself. So, you know... Once again, interior offensive line, probably a day two thing if I had to guess. Um, But yeah, I guess, you know, they could take somebody. It wouldn't be the most shocking thing. But the question is going to be, is interior offensive line worth taking at 25? Next from Cole World, shout out J. Cole. What is the order of positions you'd like to be addressed in the first round? Or in the draft, sorry, not first round, in the draft. Um, He says, for me... Round one, cornerback. Round two, interior offensive line. Round three, wide receiver. Round four, linebacker. And honestly, I have no objections. I think that's actually probably how I do it myself. Um, I may want to throw safety in there in like round three over wide receiver maybe, but I don't know. Depends who's on the board. Um, But yeah, as I've said before, I think cornerback is what I want in round one. There should be at least one of those good guys left. 
I think round two is probably your best chance to get a center. Um, you know, round three wide receivers. I mean, yeah, there's definitely some guys who might slip in the draft that, you know, have some size and, and weight concerns and things like that that may drop that the Giants may, you know, be a fan of. So, yeah, we could get a wide receiver in round three. And then round four linebackers. I mean, this this linebacker class is not good apparently, but there may be some diamond in the rough guy that can play special teams and maybe has some upside that they can take in round four. But, yeah, I think you laid it out pretty perfectly. Corner, interior, O-line, wide receiver, linebacker. I mean, that's pretty much the way I'd say it myself. Cold World again. What are your thoughts on Kayshawn Butte? Do you feel he is worth the risk in round three? The upside is there. Yeah, he's a weird case. I don't know. I mean, he peaked as a freshman, right? He had like the 700-something yard season. And it just, I don't know. I have no idea how to feel about this guy. Like, I think he does have, like, enough tools to be a good NFL receiver. But it's just so inconsistent. And when guys, like, peak and then they fall down the next two years, it's, like, kind of sus. So, I don't know. But he has the size. He could be an X receiver. The Giants don't have a guy of that size. I mean, that would be nice. I want to see what his exact measurables are real quick. Um you know, six foot two oh five, not like a monster receiver, but he definitely can and probably should play outside. So he definitely has explosiveness for his size. I do like that about him. And he's only twenty years old. So a guy like if you're taking a guy who's only twenty, there is more room for development than a guy who's twenty three, twenty four already. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I wouldn't hate it. For a team that needs wide receiver help, I mean, you know, I'm not expecting him to be a star, but he could be a good field stretcher, make some nice deep plays for you. You know, maybe it works out. Maybe it's a complete disaster, but it's a third round pick. So I think the upside there is probably worth it. There may be a more safe player that they take at that point, but it depends how risk adverse Joe Shane and the Giants want to be. This was a good question. Cold World again. Uh, what's a player or I guess who's a player? I don't know. Grammar police, whatever. Uh, who's a player you'd hate to see the uh, other NFC East teams draft? He says, for me, I'd hate to see the commanders snag Joey Porter Jr. and the Eagles to draft B. John Robinson. So my answer is going to be for that one. I'd hate to see Michael Mayer end up with the Dallas Cowboys. That would really piss me off. Um, and he has been compared to Jason Witten. They just lost Dalton Schultz. So I feel like that would be so perfect for Dallas, and I would hate to have that fall on their lap. Um, B. John Robinson, I mean, maybe. But you guys know how I feel about taking running backs in the first round, especially 10th overall, which is where they, I think they're picking. Um, I don't know. The Eagles, I feel like Kalaja Kansi, who I'm a big fan of. Like I feel like he... On that defensive line, you know, learning from Fletcher Cox and just being there with really good pieces around him, he might be a very good option for them. So I don't want to see Kalaja Kansi or even like, you know, Devon Witherspoon or, or Christian Gonzalez. Like seeing those guys with the Eagles would suck because they have some of the more veteran corners, you know, guys like Bradbury and, and Darius Slay. Ooh, wow. I'm watching the uh, Red Sox game and the umpire got hit with a throw from second base. Jeez. Um, anyway, so... Yeah, I mean, I, th I think for, you know, the Eagles, I don't know. It's like, why does that team with the 10th overall pick? I don't know what the hell the Saints were doing last year, but it's annoying. But, uh, yeah, just no cornerbacks for me, hopefully. None of the good ones, at least, and no Kalaja Kansi. If they do take, um, if they do take Bijan Robinson, I mean, okay, but... I don't know. There's too many downsides to take him back early. I mean, it, it probably would be a decent move for their offense. I'm not going to lie. I mean, he's better than Miles Sanders was. No no, no disrespect to Miles Sanders, but he's just not as good as him. And for me, for Washington, yeah, I would say Joey Porter Jr. That's probably the one guy I don't want to see them get. Um, it seems like, you know, 
Maybe they trade up for a quarterback. I just don't see it, though. You know, you sign Brissett. You have Sam Howell, who it seems like they're kind of committed to right now. So I'm not expecting that. So, yeah, I think those would be my answers. John Mayer for Dallas. Probably Cansey or one of the top corners for the Eagles. And then Joey Porter for the uh, Commanders. Dave Campbell. Babe, wake up. New Mike TM poll. <laughs> Who's a player you think goes higher than their predicted pick? And which player drops further than predicted? Um, the player I think goes higher is Miles Murphy. I think he's supposed to be in like that 20 to 30 range, but I can see him being top 20. I think teams do bet on guys with measurables like that. He's still 21 years old. He's going to have a great floor as a run stopper. Um, the pass rushing moves, they have to come of course, but that definitely could happen. He's 6'5", 275. And like when you have guys that are just really good builds at edge, it's like those guys go early, even if, they, even if they don't have the best college production. I always go back to Caleb Von Chason, who I think went 20th or 21st in the draft, and he never had that great of numbers, but he still goes early. Even Nolan Smith, I feel like that's another guy who might go in the first round who, you know, may not deserve it, but his, you know, measurables will tell you that, yeah, that's going to be a first-round pick probably. So he's my guy who I think goes higher than expected. A uh, guy who I think can fall is Trenton Simpson. He got some, you know, first round buzz at, at one point, but now I just think I don't even know if he's like a top second round pick. Like I, I think he might fall to the third round. Um, I don't know if it was a bad combine or what, but he's a guy who's labeled as just an athlete and his instincts are not there yet. And some think he should play edge. So definitely needs a lot of development. I mean, it's interesting when you have guys like that who, you know, are the modern-day linebackers, the sideline, the sideline, lots of quickness guys. I mean, they're fun, but can they hold up in the NFL? And I think there's too many questions for a guy like Trenton Simpson, so I think he's the one who falls, in my opinion. And last and certainly not least, we have Elena. Hi, Mikey Tien. Uh, who do you think the Jets draft? So, yeah, we're throwing a Jets question in here. Um... By the way, congrats on Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure all Jets fans are very happy about that. I think everybody's happy just to get the whole Aaron Rodgers like stuff over with because it's been like just such a, I don't know, it's been dragging on the entire offseason. Anyway, um, I think tackle is a big need. They did re-sign uh, McGovern to play center, I think, today, so they don't need a center as much. But with um, Dwayne Brown nearing 40 years old and Makai Becton not having the, uh, the best health the past couple of years, I think a tackle makes sense. There are... People that are fans of Darnell Wright. Um, I like Broderick Jones more out of Georgia. So I would say Broderick Jones makes sense for the Jets. He has ideal size, very physical. He has the strength you want, really good anchor. So I would say that makes sense for the Jets. You know, possibly could be their left tackle of the future. But uh, yeah, I think the Jets can go in a lot of directions. It's exciting. Right now they have a Super Bowl window. How long does it last for? I don't know. It could be a year. It could be two. It could be three. I don't know. Anyway, we'll find out what happens with that. But yeah, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this video. I think we covered just about everything. I think for the hell of it, before we sign off, I will just make a prediction of who the Giants will draft on Thursday night. I was not prepared for this question at all for myself, but I'm going to just try and guess. Anyway, my guess for who the Giants take on Thursday gonna be i don't even know if it's gonna happen but i'm gonna see emmanuel forbes i have no idea if the giants are into him or not but emmanuel forbes is who i guess could it be right maybe could it be wrong probably so emmanuel forbes giants on thursday that's my guess for the hell of it 
But anyway, um, hope you guys enjoyed the video once again, and I'll talk to you guys maybe on Thursday night. It depends. It's a work night. I'm going to be out for the draft. I'll try and squeeze it in there, but if not, definitely Friday. But yeah, I'll probably talk to you guys on Thursday, hopefully.